Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Apparently Parent Podcast. And today I'm rehashing a previous episode that was all about going back to school. As I'm recording this, it's September 1st, which means here in Israel, schools are back. Now, to be honest, this is not how we wanted to go back to school because a couple of months ago, we started vaccinating almost all the population here in Israel and we saw how wonderful. It worked pushing new COVID cases down. But then the Delta variant came, and now a lot of people are getting booster shots, but the children can't get those, which means we are opening the new school year with COVID still in the area. And I guess it's kind of the same for you wherever you are. So I decided to republish a previous episode that I created about a year ago, in which I reached out to some of my colleagues, other parenting experts and aficionados and ask each one of them to give some advice about going back to school while COVID is around. And this episode received a lot of attention and really good feedback. So I thought this is an advice that is still relevant. So stick around after the intro for awesome tips and ideas about how to go back to school when COVID is still around. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. All right, you guys, how are you? This is Aran, and we are on episode 29 of the Apparently Parent podcast. And today I've got a really special uh, episode for you because we're talking about how you can deal better with going back to school during a global pandemic. Who ever thought that this is a topic that we'll have to cover someday, right? So what I've done is I reached out to some of my peers and colleagues in the parenting field and I asked each one of them to share one piece of advice with you guys. And there's a lot to be said about these issues of how you can help your children manage stress and anxiety and keep them themselves safe. And if they're remote learning, how to balance between school life and, and screen time and, and all that. So each one has his or her own unique perspective to share with you and we're gonna hear from each one of them and from me as well and I just want to say that I've also curated this into a nice little PDF that you can download and you can get that at apparentlyparent.com forward slash back to school in one word no spaces back to school and of course the show notes for this episode are on apparentlyparent.com forward slash 29 and I will link to the guide from there as well. So without further ado, this may be quite a longer episode than usual because we have a lot to cover and many people who gave from their time to share with you. So I want to start with my own advice and I titled that focus on what you can control because, you know, if you're anything like me, you like things that are predictable, especially when it comes to your own children and family. Now, you know, I can enjoy the occasional little adventure. Uh, but all in all, I prefer things that are neat and predictable and manageable. That's just me. Uh, 
And you know, manageable and predictable awards that were kind of thrown out the window in 2020, right? Because, because of a global pandemic that kind of threw us all off course and, and in the middle of the school year. So I, I don't know how it's been for you guys, wherever you live. It's kind of a mayhem. And I hope that the next school year is going to be better. Whether you children are going back to school, like mine, whether you still have to study indoors remotely and that's not easy either way okay and all this uncertainty tends to nurture anxiety tends to bring up stress and both for you and your children so what i suggest for you is to try and find things that you can control because our minds our brains can so easily get wrapped up with all the uncertainty all the bad stuff all the things that can go wrong Uh, such as an outbreak or, you know, school days are suddenly canceling and and a lot more unpredictable things that you can predict. And it's kind of our mind's way of trying to survive or, or keeping you safe to try and think about every bad scenario, every negative thing that that can happen, and all of these things out of our control. But when we focus on that, we feel anxious, we feel stressed. Now, it's okay to worry a a little bit, because there is something to worry about. It's not like this pandemic is not real. But when you focus on your worries and, and unpredictable things too much, well, you can't really function. So we have to kind of unbias this negative bias of the brain. And we can do that by focusing on the good stuff, on the things that we can control. So try and make a list of everything that you can actually control, that you and your children can actually control, such as keeping your hygiene, such as preparing food, such as choosing your clothes for the school year, uh, for each day, such as deciding who are you going to meet after school, uh, if you can meet other people, or decide on certain activities that you're going to do together as, as families in between remote learning, etc. Whatever you can control, whatever you can focus that is in your control, focus on that. Focus on that and you will see how your mind gets clearer and clearer with each day. Okay, so this is what I had to share. And now we're going to move to several other parenting experts and educators that I know and I reached out to them and thankfully and gratefully and I'm grateful for each one of them who gave up uh, some of his or her time to send me these recordings for you guys. So we, we're going to kick this off with um, Dr. Tina Payne Bryson. And, you know, if you, you, you've you ever looked for some parenting book, you may have uh, encountered her name uh, from her books that she wrote with uh, Dan Siegel, such as No Drama Discipline or recently um, The Power of Showing Up. Great books. I love their books. Uh, really, really helpful when you want to learn how to positively parent your children. She has a new book uh, of her own coming up. It's called bottom line for baby uh, about um, growing babies and i'm gonna link up to every um, everyone that i'm mentioning today in this episode and all these resources i will share them with you in the show notes of this episode so again it's on apparentlyparent.com forward slash 29 so now without further ado let's hear from tina 
Hi there, I'm Tina Payne Bryson. I want to talk to you about how we help our kids manage the anxiety of going back to school. Imagine how much anxiety and sort of um, unpredictability there was in a typical year when you think back to your own childhood. You know, will that one mean boy be in my class? You know, will my friends still like me? Will they still have cheese boats on Fridays um, like I love? But when we're talking about the addition of the total unpredictability of what is going to happen with school, whether we start in person and end up at home or we start at home and go back and then back home again, whatever is happening, all of these things lead to a lot of distress and anxiety for kids. The brain hates when things are not predictable. So we want to create some predictability. So here are some things that we can do to help our kids feel less anxious and better able to tolerate this crazy, weird, never like it before transition to school, regardless of whether it's in person or at home. The first is to create some rituals. So have some rituals about what's, what's happening in the morning. Create a morning playlist or some sort of music that goes on in the morning. Um, starting the mornings off with music can actually make a huge difference in our moods. Um, usually we don't play music if something dangerous is going on. So our brain associates um, music with being relaxed and enjoying ourselves. So start with morning rituals like with music, those kinds of things. The second thing we can do is to to do what we call in The Whole Brain Child that I wrote with Dr. Dan Siegel, name it to tame it. Make a book with your kid, or you can do it in oral form. You can just tell the story, but you can really talk about what the school day is going to be like. Every story should have three elements. The facts of what's happening, uh, as best you can figure out what's actually happening, um, how the child might feel, not how you want them to feel, not, not how you wish they felt, but how they actually feel about that. And then the third is some sort of message of resilience, like when my son went to preschool, I made him a little book that said, here's what JP will do at school. What will JP do when he's at school? He will meet new friends. He will play in the bike yard. Um, JP might miss mom and dad when he's at school. Or in your case, you might say, you might feel really anxious, you know, going back to school or feels really angry about doing school at home or whatever it is. And then you get to the message of resilience. In my case, I used a temporary tattoo um, of uh, a Dodgers temporary tattoo. So I could tell my son, um, he could look at his tattoo and remember that mom and dad would be there to help him, uh, that mom and dad would be there to pick him up soon and that his teacher would always help him. So, you know, you can come up with something like after play, you know, after the school day, uh, we will um, play and wrestle and have fun, or um, we're going to have um, distanced, you know, play times with friends on Fridays or whatever it is, but coming up with something that they can look forward to or a strategy they can use in the moment. So really creating a book for them called Name Entertainment, because when we name what we feel, it actually reduces our reactivity. All right. How good was that? I really love, especially the part about name it to tame it, uh, telling the story of what's going to happen. This is a wonderful technique that you can use all, all the time, actually, all the time, whenever change is coming up. I used that technique, um, for example, when um, my wife uh, went abroad and I stayed home with my, my child, who was, I think, it was two years old, three years old at the time. I don't re really remember. But in order to prepare him for, for that little change, it was all, only a week. But it really helped to, you know, help him understand what's going to happen. And again, make things more predictable and more manageable. So let's move on now to hear from Catherine Andy. 
Catherine is a parenting researcher, educator, and a coach. And she's a licensed clinical social worker, and she's working with children and families for many years. And, and currently, like me, working on her um, PhD, and she's researching mindful parenting, self-compassion, and emotional regulation. And you can find more of her in The Family Life Coach. Uh, on facebook and you know just google it and again i'll link to that in the show notes so let's hear from katherine this is katherine endy the family life coach the most important thing to focus on during these uncertain times is your child's emotional health and truly this is very important at all times but especially during these uncertain times as much as you're able to make time and space in the day to help your child process his or her feelings. This might look like a pillow fight after a Zoom meeting or just allowing your child to have a good cry. There are a lot of unexpected and uncomfortable feelings coming up for children right now, and they, they need an opportunity to express those emotions in a safe and comfortable environment. Sometimes our children's emotions trigger our own emotions, so it's important that we maintain a good practice of self-care and mindfulness in order to make space for our children to release and process their negative emotions and for us to allow space for the big meltdown or that unsavory, uncomfortable behavior that we really would prefer not to see. When you allow your child space to do this, they feel seen and they feel heard and they feel supported. And you'll notice that the other times of the day go much more smoothly when they've had an opportunity to express their negative, uncomfortable emotions. It's important to understand, too, that children are more attuned to our emotional state than we even realize. So as best you can, take care of your own emotional health so that you're able to be emotionally available to your child during this difficult time and during all times. So this might look like getting as much rest as you can, carving out some alone time when possible, and leaning on friends and family to talk through your own fears, anxieties, and frustrations. You can't fake it when it comes to emotions, so please do your best to stay as emotionally healthy as possible in order to show up for your child. Ooh, I, I love that advice, especially focus on your own time, carve up some time for yourself as a mom, as a dad, whatever, even as a couple, you know, um, you, you deserve some your own time, do whatever you can, and if you can and need to do in order to let yourself some have some time for, your, for yourself, it will do wonders for you. I want to move on now uh, to hear from uh, Lynn Jimenez. She's a licensed clinical social worker and she's also a yoga instructor. And her work is centered especially about helping parents develop uh, tools to teach their kids about feelings and behaviors. She has a website called Connect, Grow, Flow, where she helps uh, parents nurture relationships and reduce stress and increase the magic of family time. And let's hear from Lynn. Hi, parents. I know this is such a scary time. And there's a tendency to worry about how this will impact you and your children's future. Let me reassure you, it will impact their future. So why not choose what that impact is? Take control of it. Why not do your best to show your child how to live a healthy life? How they can manage their stress? How they can make lemons out of lemonade? With or without COVID-19, we can generate enough worries to never leave our house. Or we can do our best given the current circumstances, to shift the conversation to what is working, 
What is going well? Where is the hope? What can we control? And instill more hope for a better future in our children. Now, that might sound a little too pie in the sky, so I'm going to give you a couple tangible tips as well. So some things to consider. Reflect on what your approach is to wellness. Then talk about it with your kids. Teach them about health, whether it's how to manage stress, how to eat better, how to get physical activity into your day. If you, like, if you feel like this is an area of growth for you, then allow your kids to learn with you and set goals around health together. My boys and I recently discovered that we were being too sedentary during this time, and so we decided that we were going to um, increase the amount of time that we're walking again or going for bike rides or just doing some workouts here at the home together. You can also model, model healthy stress management for your kids. You can talk with your kids about what causes you to feel stressed and how you deal with it. You can show them you managing your stress. I know that's one that I sometimes struggle with, but I do my best and I try to tell my kids all the time what it is that I'm stressed about and what it is that I'm doing so that way they know what's happening instead of just trying to guess. And then we practice healthy coping skills together. So we do a lot of deep breathing. We go for bike rides. We go for walks. We do yoga together, whatever it is that works for your family. Lastly, you can start each day with gratitude as a family Practicing setting an intention for the day or starting your day from a positive place might just be the thing that you need right now. Be well, families, and I hope that you get through this time and you move from a place of surviving to thriving. All right. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for that. And I want to just stress out what she said about why not choose what the impact is. This is seems like too simple but it's so powerful the the fact that we can choose how things impact us by focusing on our uh, emotions and our thoughts we can actually uh, move away from stress we can move towards more happiness more gratitude even in the eye of the storm it's not easy it's something that you have to work on but it's something that you definitely can do and from that let's move on to talk a little bit about screen time because screen time is a major issue (laughs) when it comes to uh, raising a family in these days and especially when you're stuck at home for so many days in a row and you have to use uh, screen time to study and it gets complicated. So I invited Lisa Honold to talk about that with you. She's a cyber safety expert and she's helping families to stop fighting over screen time so that they can go back to having fun together. She's the director of the Center for Online Safety and I will link to that because she has many resources for you about the managing screen time. So I will link to her website again on parentlyparent.com forward slash 29. So let's hear what Lisa has to say. Hi, it's Lisa Honold here with the Center for Online Safety. I've got a couple of tips for parents concerned about screen time and all the hours kids are getting on their tablets, computers, Chromebooks, and smartphones right now. Most schools are 100% online right now, plus they've got online homework, and then there's all the normal fun stuff, the YouTube, the gaming, the social media. And because we're social distancing, many of the activities that normally fill the day and tire them out just aren't available. Even for families that used to have strict rules around the time 
that kids spent online right now, it's really hard to stick to those rules because so much more is, is being done online. What I would like you to do right now, parents, is to think about the expectations you have around screen time for your kids. Ask yourself, when is it okay for my kids to be on their devices? And when is it absolutely non-negotiable that they have some offline time? I'll give you an example. When is it okay for, for kids to be online for entertainment? Many families I work with say it's just fine after their schoolwork is done. No problem. Uh, and a common non-negotiable time is dinner time. At my house, dinner time is sacred. That means devices stay away from the table, off the table, and we get to look eye to eye with each other and have conversations. The other really common non-negotiable times are at the beginning and the end of the day. When you look at the research on productivity, you stay focused and on track with your goals if you spend the first hour off of your phone. Don't check your phone first thing in the morning, even 15 minutes. The first 15 minutes makes a huge difference. It makes a difference in the rest of your day and how productive you are the rest of your day. That makes sense, right? Think about what happens if you check your phone the second you wake up. You find an email, you find a funny meme, and you get distracted, and you go down the rabbit hole for the next, I don't know, 15 or 30 minutes, right? It's the same for our kids. We have the opportunity to teach them how to start their day on purpose instead of letting their screen set their priorities. That's huge. So that's an example of some non-negotiable expectations. And let's explore for a minute the areas you might be flexible in. One family I work with with two teenagers has a non-negotiable screen time limit of three hours for entertainment. But once the kids get to three hours, they've got an app that turns off the internet. Uh, they're flexible about when the kids get to use their screen time. When? During the day. So we've set up a screen time bank because parents don't care when they're online, just that they have a, a balanced day. So the kids are in control of when they want to be gaming and chatting and limiting their time means they do what's most important first. Those kids are learning how to prioritize, uh, prioritize their time. And that's a great life skill to teach. Good news, the screen time bank strategy will work with any age, child or teenager. So parents, the bottom line is your child wants rules around screen time. They actually want you to help them guide them into a balance of online and offline time. When you approach this with some non-negotiables and some flexibility, your kids will help you make the screen time rules. And it's okay if they push back at first because we all know change is hard. You can do this. You can do this. If you'd like to learn more about managing screen time and ending the struggles around all this online time, you can find us at centerforonlinesafety.com. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. And as she said, you can do this. You know, I know it's hard to manage stress, especially in these days. And, you know, raising a family, no matter if you're alone or you have a spouse, no matter if you have one child or 10, it's stressful because you're worried. Naturally so, because when you became a parent, you became worried. It, it's kind of a bundle. 
okay? But we do whatever we can. We do whatever we can to make our lives a little bit easier and stress-free as much as possible. And I want to move now to another male voice. Uh, most of the parenting people in, in this field are women, but um, I want to bring uh, another male wo voice. And this voice is of Christopher Hanlon. And he's the co-founder of A Dad's Presence. I will link to that as well. He's a husband, father, and a teacher, and he's dedicated um, his work to creating personal and generational transformation by empowering men to consciously embrace their importance as fathers. And I just love that message. So let's hear from Christopher. Worry is a prayer for what you don't want. It's a universal law that whatever we focus on in life will get bigger. Now more than ever, it's crucial that we focus on being present and loving with our children. It's a great opportunity to model emotional leadership by showing our children how to stay calm, balanced, and focused in the present moment. As parents, it's vital that we create the space for self-care via practices such as meditation, yoga, deep breathing, and daily gratitude. These activities will create inner coherence, which is balance or harmony, allowing your body to return to its natural state. The alternative is focusing on negativity and fear, which will keep us in fight or flight, leading to stress, anxiety, frustration, anger, and depression. Either way, you have the power to choose your emotional state. Choose wisely, as it is our responses or reactions that are shaping our children's future. Thank you, Chris. I, I just love that, how in each one of those I can find one or two sentences that I want to highlight, that I want to put up on my wall, like worry is a prey for what you don't want. It's a universal law that whatever we focus on in life will get bigger. This is so true. This is so true. And this is why you can really focus on other things. You can decide and choose what you want to focus on. And it really makes a wonder and makes a difference in your life. Okay, so now let's move on to uh, Dr. Mary Wild. She's a pediatrician, an author, and a mom of eight. She's the owner of Imagine Pediatrics Behavioral Health and Wellness. That's in Southern Utah. And she uses uh, modern medicine and embracing uh, complementary integrative solutions to help uh, children and families. She's also the owner of a free Facebook group that you can find. It's called Parenting Well, and she's the owner of Compassion Parenting, which is a website for parents. And again, I will link to each one of those resources in the show notes. So let's hear what Mary has to say. Hi, this is Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician, author, and mom of eight. Here are my thoughts for you as you prepare for the upcoming school year during the pandemic. First of all, I want to say that you are doing a good job. Don't let self-criticism or judgment be an extra burden to carry. We are all navigating new territory and must have grace for ourselves and for others. Perhaps the most important work you can do to prepare your kids for returning to school is to address your own anxieties. Acknowledge your worries. Rather than pushing them away, welcome them. Hold them with kindness like you'd hold a frightened child. Notice where your worries are showing up in your body. Perhaps there's tension in your face or shoulders or constricted breath. Once you've received the message of your worry, 
Give it permission to go. Let your shoulders and facial muscles soften. Take a deep, cleansing breath. Recognize that some things may lie outside your control. Recognize you have choices even within the restrictions in place. You have choices about how to think about this new circumstance. Will you approach it with openness and curiosity or with preconceived expectations? Communicate openly with your child about the situation. Acknowledge that it's different from what they've experienced before, that there are certain adaptations that may need to be made, that it's okay not to like it. Ask your child about their feelings and questions and answer as honestly as possible. Remember that your children will look to your interpretation and attitudes to formulate theirs. Who knows? This school year may hold the most valuable lessons of any so far. Blessings and good wishes for you and your families this year. All right, thank you for that, Mary. And you know, who knows? This school year may be the most you know, important one and with the most available lessons for you, if you open up for that. And now let's move to hear from Sarah Rosenswit. Sarah Rosenswit, she's a certified peaceful parenting coach and a speaker and educator in the parenting field. She's a columnist in Canada's Globe and Mail newspaper. She's working with uh, parents uh, all over the world. And I, I am, again, I will link to her uh, Peaceful Parenting uh, Facebook group and uh, her Peaceful Parenting website at the show notes of this episode. So let's hear from Sarah, who's guiding you on how to talk with your children about their feelings. I'm Sarah Rosensweet, Peaceful Parenting Coach. I'm going to give you some tips to help your child with back-to-school anxiety. If your child is anxious, talk about it. Ask them what their concerns are and really listen. Listen and just empathize. Don't try to talk them out of their feelings. We try so hard to reassure our children when they're anxious, but it often doesn't work. According to Larry Cohen, author of The Opposite of Worry, if reassurance hasn't worked in 15 seconds, it's not going to. The logical part of their brain that responds to reassurance has gone offline. Skip the reassurance. Help your child out of their anxious state instead. Your child might say to you, Mom, I'm going to miss you. I'm not going to know anyone and no one's going to play with me on the playground. Don't say, sweetie, you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll meet some really nice kids. Of course they'll want to play with you. Why? Trying to talk someone out of their feelings never works. What to do instead? Acknowledge their fears and empathize. Normalize their feelings. Connect and comfort and welcome all emotion. Finally, help them make a plan. Here's what this looks like in practice. Acknowledge and empathize. You can say, Wow, sounds like you're really worried, sweetie. You're worried you're going to miss me and you won't know anyone. You wish I could stay with you and that some kids you knew were going to be there. It might be hard to say goodbye to me and meet new friends. I understand, sweetie. Your empathy soothes your child and helps them process their feelings. Your soothing makes the feelings not so overwhelming. Normalize. You can say, that's totally normal. Everyone gets worried when they're doing something new. When I was your age, I always felt nervous before the first day of school. Connect. Give your child a big hug and welcome all their feelings. They might feel better at this point because they feel heard and understood. Let your child know that even though they're scared, you know they can do this. You can also remind your child of times when they've been successful in similar situations. For example, remember when you stayed at Grandma's and you really missed me, but then we saw each other the next day? You were okay. You managed. Or you could say, 
Remember this summer when you went to swimming lessons and you didn't know anyone, but then you made friends with Michael? Teach your child to hear what worry says, but that they don't have to listen and act on every message that comes their way, like you would ignore junk mail or a telemarketer. If your child is still anxious, or if they have a tendency toward anxiety in general, get laughing. Laughter releases dopamine and endorphins into the body. Dopamine makes us feel good, and endorphins are powerful stress fighters. Regular, regular laughter can take the edge off for your anxious child and significantly decrease their anxiety. With laughter, you can actually change your child's body chemistry. Spend 15 minutes a day, twice a day, getting your child laughing. Put it on your to-do list. Not only will you help them with their anxiety, you'll be connecting and having so much fun together. I hope this helped you with your child and any back-to-school anxiety they might be experiencing. I'm Sarah Rosensweet. You can find more about me at my website, sarahrosensweet.com, and you can join my free Facebook group, Peaceful Parenting with Sarah Rosensweet. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Sarah. That's that's really helpful, I think. It's, I love the tangible... I love how tangible this piece of advice is because you, with such examples, you can really feel how, how you can use it in your own parenting, right? So, you know, the beauty of it is that you can re-listen to that whenever you want and get, you know, inspired. And also, I just want to remind you that all of this advice and more are available for you also to download as a PDF. Just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash back to school and you can get it from there. And now we're moving on to Amy Webb. Dr. Amy Webb is a child development blogger and mom of two young boys. And she has a website called The Thoughtful Parent, where she shares the latest parenting research in an approachable format that parents can actually use in their daily lives. So let's hear from Amy. As we head into another school year, with the pandemic still in our midst, I have just a few short pieces of advice for parents. First off, we can't fix everything, but we can provide support and meaning. The pandemic has caused life to be unusual and routines upended. As parents, we can't fix all these aspects of life. We can't make school back, go back to normal. We can't replace missed events, but what we can do is support and guide. We can allow kids the space to feel the big emotions that will inevitably come. We can provide them ways of coping with disappointment and distress. We can be a listening ear and a hand to hold. We can provide them a way to make sense of this challenging time. Help them find ways to look for the larger meaning in the small events and life changes we've all experienced. Finding meaning in times of stress and challenge is one of the best coping strategies for kids and adults. This time will pass, but the mental strength we help them develop will last a lifetime. Secondly, connect with kids through play and nature. With most of us spending a lot more time with our kids at home, you would think that connecting with them would be so easy now. At the same time, however, most of us are also trying to balance work, probably from home, household chores, and virtual schooling all at the same time. Kids notice the constant multitasking. We can start to feel disconnected from them even while we're in the same house. Parents can try, and I know it's challenging, but try to spend a little un uninterrupted time with each child on a regular basis. This can make all the difference in terms of cooperation, behavior, and overall mood. 
The easiest ways to connect with kids, especially young kids, is through play and nature. Simply spending some time playing something they want to play, even that annoying board game, or better yet, going on a bike ride or a walk can replenish you and your child's spirits. These moments are often the times when you really hear what's going on in their minds, their worries, joys, and feelings. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for that. The easiest way to connect with children is through play and nature. And this is a nice segue to our next guest, who is a second time appearing in this podcast, Sandy Schwartz. I had an interview with her on episode number 10, where we talked about how we can use nature and reconnecting to nature to balance our mental health uh, for ourselves and our children. And it was recorded, I think, in the midst of the lockdowns. Um, so anyway, Sandy Schwartz is a science writer, a positive psychology and environmental expert, and she's on a mission to help you raise happy and balanced children by using the force of nature. Uh, I know that she's uh, currently working on a book about incorporating nature into your family life. She's the manager of the Happy Science Mom website, and I will link to that as well. So let's hear about uh, how you can use a connection to nature from Sandy. Hi, my name is Sandy Schwartz from happysciencemom.com. As the school year is returning while COVID-19 is still here, we can turn to nature to help manage our family's stress and anxiety about the uncertain future. Study after study show how connecting with nature is beneficial to our health and well-being. It calms us down when we are feeling stressed and boosts our mood when we are feeling down. Whether your kids will be at school in a restrictive environment wearing masks all day and worrying about who and what they can touch, or if your kids will be sitting at their computers all day engaging in online learning, it is imperative that they get nature breaks. By spending some time outdoors every day, children can find some balance from both stress and screens. There are so many options for outside time. Start a family garden, ride bikes together, set up an obstacle course in your backyard, go swimming, practice yoga, play sports, and more. You can also bring some more nature into their workspace by hanging nature photographs and art, playing natural sounds like chirping birds or ocean waves, and encouraging them to read or listen to books with a nature theme during breaks. Building a nature habit can help your family get through these tough times. I created a free 30-day eco-happiness challenge calendar that is filled with fun and relax relaxing activities for your family to enjoy together without even leaving your own neighborhood. All of these activities can be done from inside your home, on your balcony, or in your backyard. You can start this challenge at any time, so grab your calendar right away. You can find the calendar on the homepage of my website, happysciencemom.com. Thanks so much, and have a very happy day. Great. Okay, thank you, Sandy. Um, thank you for participating once again in this podcast. And now we're moving on to a piece of advice from Bree Lee. 
she's a certified happiness coach and she has a BA in communications and she runs a parenting group on Facebook called Positive Parenting, uh, which is quite active and caters for the more current and modern philosophies of parenting. And let's hear from Brie. One piece of advice about going back to school during COVID-19 is that though things are not the same as a typical school year, there is still joy to be found under these new circumstances. Have fun as a student and parent during this time. Yes, I say have fun. Learning new programs, learning new ways. Also, you are not alone. Everyone is going through this together. Find the good and happiness during this time. Make it an adventure. Oh, I thank you very much, Rhee. Have fun during this time. Make it an adventure. That's quite a nice idea. Not easy to implement, but if you can do that, you're on a better track. Trust me. So we're going to move now because I know it's a longer episode than most. So I want to be careful with your time and respectful of that. So let's just move on to Rachel Duffy. Rachel Duffy is a conscious parenting coach. She works with parents to help them uncover and reprogram their limiting beliefs, behavioral patterns and conditioning that are causing them to lose patience. She has a bachelor's and master's degree in family law from the same university where I studied. (laughs) And she's certified through the Conscious Parenting Coaching Institute. So let's hear from Rachel. Hi, my name is Rachel Duffy. I'm a conscious parenting coach and I'm super excited to be here today. We're talking about um, what we can do as parents When we're feeling worried with the return of the school year, COVID-19 is still around, and what can we do about it? So I want to start by saying and reiterating something I'm sure you all know. Humans are creatures of habit. We like predictability, we like routine, and we like certainty. Unfortunately, life is anything but those things. And since this pandemic started around March in the United States, We've been thrown into the fires of change, upheaval, impermanence, and we've been asked to adapt quickly. This has been very uncomfortable for most of us because we create for ourselves an expectation of how life should be, what it should look like, how it should unfold. Kids should go to school. Pandemics should be the topic of sci-fi movies or novels. And we have an expectation certainly in the United States, that we're going to live a relatively safe life. But when there's a mismatch between what we expect and how we experience reality, then we feel violated. We get upset. We even get righteous. And we start to look for who is to blame for this. That is where anxiety starts to rise and bubble up within us because we can't control reality. We can control the twists and turns that it takes, and yet we tether our emotional well-being to some expectation of reality that's outside of our control. So the number one determining factor in our experience and our children's experience in life in general, certainly right now during this pandemic, is our ability to manage and tolerate feelings of discomfort around uncertainty. So first, we have to acknowledge this. We have to see that this is what we're doing. So I want you to ask yourself right now, what is the expectation I had that was not met by reality? And if we can take this one single step 
to see how we contribute to our own worry and anxiety and stress, we will have moved ourselves out of victimhood, blame, helplessness into ownership, power, and ability to change. So now don't interpret what I'm saying here to mean that there's no reason to be worried, that there's no reason to be sad about what's going on in the world. And on the flip side, don't take it to mean, well, we should just throw up our hands in the air, give up, surrender, because we're doomed anyway. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, let's first acknowledge our part in this, in this experience. Let's cultivate an awareness of what is really happening. A pandemic is here. Your children are either going back to school uh, with masks or going back to school with some level of risk because they're in person, or your children are learning remotely. You're having to juggle work. You're having to juggle home, the kids. So there is that reality. And then there is a fantasy of your expectation that life should be back to normal by now, that I should have some downtime in all of this, that my kids should cooperate because there's so much upheaval and change and difficulty. They're adding one more stress to the table. And I encourage you to release some of that expectation as much of it as you can, because It is only when you release the expectation that you can then face the reality and see what parts of that can you really change and what parts of it can you not change and what parts of yourself can you change. Now, awareness and accountability alone are not enough. There are more steps to take in order to institute real change and and in order to see um, a real decline in our levels of worry and stress. But this is the first step. And if we're brave, we can see our part in our own stress and worry. So I hope that that was a little nugget that you can take uh, something in there for you where you can see your part in your own levels of worry and stress. And I wish all of you a good school year. I wish health on everyone. And I hope to hear from you soon. Bye. All right. That's that. We're closing into almost an hour of an episode because it's so packed with gems and useful advice and information. I hope you got whatever you needed from that and re-listen to that as many times as you need if you need some more help and advice during these times. I really wish you will have a happy happy and safe and healthy school year and that all of this is going to be over as soon as possible and you know someday we're going to look back at at this and I don't know if we're going to laugh but we're just going to look back at this. If you want to learn more about um, our guests here in this episode just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 29. I I will link up to each and every one of them and you will also be able to download the PDF guide with all this advice and some more that didn't make it to the podcast. And I'm inviting you to not be alone with whatever is going on for you in these times. Join my group navigating parenting raising secure and confident children it's on facebook it's free just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash facebook to join and when you do please share with us 
what's the best advice you found for yourself in this episode. Until next time, which is next Thursday, which is going to be episode number 30, I wish you a wonderful week, a safe one, a healthy one, and let's all have a wonderful school year. Bye-bye.